You are listening to Lady Talk Radio for the woman who wants to live fully alive and wear her ambition on her sleeve. I'm your host, guide and creative entrepreneur, Stacey Ray. Join me each week with special guests as we dive in one radically honest conversation at a time. I believe ambition is not a dirty word. This is about self-mastery. I decided today I wanted to take the power back. back. Remain in love with life, knowing that despite challenges, there are always solutions. What would happen if we were all brave enough to believe in our own ability? What I know for sure is that speaking your truth is the most powerful tool we all have. I'm hyperventilating a little bit if I fall over, pick me up, because I've got some things to say. This is about, this is about self, self, mass, mastery. I'm enough, and I'm worthy of love and belonging and joy. Let us work at it together, starting now. Hey, welcome back to the show, and welcome to today's episode with industry-leading expert in leadership and the art and psychology of transformation, Andrew Biggs, who, in the entire episode, I attempt to not call him by his extraordinarily catchy nickname, Biggs, and I actually succeeded. So, one point for Stacy. I would love a nickname, though. Like, I want a good nickname. Does Ray Ray work? What do you think? Drop in the DMs. Let me know if you have any suggestions for a nickname for moi. I also want you to drop in the DMs because I got a very serious question for you. Masculine May is coming to a close, and I also have a hunch. I have an idea that I want to run by you. What if we started having men on the show just, you know, scattered throughout the year, like normal? Because uh, I get so many responses about this series, and uh, I think it could be really cool just to have men come on the show, you know, when, when we have men who are relevant to the different topics that we're talking about and who have value to share with us. So let me know your thoughts. Do you want to see more men on the show? Do you want me to keep it more in the masculine May theme? This show is so, so, so about you. So go on the DMs. Let me know your thoughts. Today's episode is for you if you want more in life. If you have a big dream, you're willing to go out there and create it. Maybe you've been creating it. You've probably been saying things like, I really want to change this in the world, or this is the impact I know I'm here to make. This is really also for you if you are ready to own your purpose, to live with more meaning, and be the hero of your own story. Andrew is a beast. He has done some really beautiful things in his work, and I know you're going to really love his message today. Um, And I just want to give you a couple little insights into some of the stuff that he's been up to. He has been an international sales coach for top performers at Google, Salesforce, Microsoft, all the places. He's also been a top 1% producer out of 40,000 sale reps. He's scaled a business from six to 30 million. He's managed a team of 1500 people. He's done some things. And he really, the work that he does is so much about helping leaders grow and connect to the meaning and purpose that's really necessary to achieve both top performance and true fulfillment in our lives. And that is exactly what we jammed on today. So get your pen and paper, pull up a tea, make sure you're taking notes. You're about to go in and get the goods from Andrew Biggs. So let's get into it. 
Andrew, welcome to the show. I am so excited about having this conversation with you. Thanks for saying yes. And uh, I actually, when I first met you, I had this experience of really seeing somebody who was embodied in their work and really willing to serve people and show up and support people in living their best life. And so I firstly wanted to acknowledge you and thank you for doing the work that you do. And I want to ask you about that. Why is it so important to you now for people to show up and live their most fulfilling life? Hmm. Well, thank you for that and appreciate uh, the kind words. It's very humbling uh, to hear you say that. And I mean, there's two questions there. Why is it so important to, to have people be fulfilled in their work and to be embodied in what they truly believe? And then why is it important now? Um, why is it important to be embodied? Because quite frankly, it doesn't matter how um, how awesome your ideals are or how awesome your beliefs are if it's actually not changing the way you live. Uh, I know a lot of people who believe a lot of things, and I've also been guilty of believing a lot of things, but not actually living them out and not having my life be informed by them necessarily. And so um, I really am am about helping people um, ground what they believe into their bodies, believe um, truly with every cell of their bodies so that when they're walking about, when they're brushing their teeth, when they're eating their breakfast, when they're having conversations like this, or just a, a regular conversation with a friend, they're actually living out the truths that they say they believe. And, and that's the way to produce real change, not just for you, for your life, but also in the lives of others, which I imagine a lot of your audience is interested in. So, so that's, that's why, and you know, in terms of why I think now it's really important, it's, it, I think we've kind of played this game of, of moral, you know, finger pointing enough. And it's time for us to really just start to embody and ground our wisdom. There's so much wisdom out there. Um, and there's so many, so many truths that we've all realized. And it's easier now more than ever to realize those truths and have contact with them. And every time I flip my Instagram, I see like great wisdom quotes of ancient times. And I'm like, wow, this is really catching on. And also, you know, to the extent, uh, is it embodied and is it, you know, necessarily changing people's lives to the extent that if you were to truly believe that quote, um, it, it could transform your life entirely. Uh, that's, that that's remains to be seen. So I like to challenge people to um, fully embody what it is that they, they believe and what they say they know. Mm-hmm. Oh, thanks for that. I know that uh, we all have a story, right? Like how did you, what were maybe a couple pinnacle moments in your life that brought you here to this point? Because most of the people we have on the show have a pretty tremendous story because we usually don't end up at this point in life by just like, you know, waking up one day. What would you say were some of the most pivotal moments for you as a man and as a human being that brought you here? Yeah, I mean, I definitely think growing up, I kind of had um, a deeper perspective than a lot of my peers and, and kind of always felt like I was searching for meaning. And I was looking for something that mattered, maybe more so than the rest of my peers. And so that generally kind of put me maybe a year or two ahead of, of my, my classmates, so to speak, in terms of maturity and, and asking deeper questions. And this really got me interested in things like philosophy and, and religion and comparative religion and uh, psychology and evolution and all of these different things. And so my life really could be characterized by asking a lot of deep existential questions from the start. Um, I don't know that I did much to to uh, to influence that. That seemed to just be my natural curiosity. Um, but that really led me to um, discovering probably around the age of 22, 23, having kind of my first connection with transformation that I could pinpoint 
very dramatically, and that was reading Eckhart Tolle's um, The Power of Now, and um, and just kind of having a spiritual uh, moment, if you will, right, a, a religious or spiritual experience that was profound and undeniable, uh, where I began to, you know, experience the oneness of, of it all, uh, and you know, obviously I came back from that experience and <laughs> I was so short lived, but at the same time, it was like a light bulb had gone off and, and a threshold had been crossed and there was no going back. Like I was totally changed by that, by that moment and coming back and, and figuring out how to integrate that into my life uh, became then the next question. And obviously how to recreate moments like that and those sorts of things became very interesting to me. Um, and that led me to actually living in India. So I think you know this about me. I, I lived in India for about five years. I moved there in 2011 uh, to um, run a business there. So uh, business is a big part of my life. And it's, it's obviously something that I really enjoy. And I also kind of have this sort of drive and ambition to, uh, to work in business and to use business as a tool to bring about some of the concepts we're talking about. Um, so I was running a business there, but I also was particularly wanting to go to India so that I could... Um, study meditation and, and frankly, non-dual perspectives and uh, something called Advaita Vedanta, which is, uh, means not to, and uh, was very interested in the concepts of spirituality and just basically began to, to get intellectually curious about all these things, continue my own spiritual journey, and then figuring out how to, um, to meld those two worlds together. My egoic ambitions of, of um, business success, if you will, and personal success with this deeper purpose of wanting to make an impact on the world and wanting to impact others. Yeah. Wow. What a journey, right? It's like, we can hear these snort short little snippets and it sounds like, Oh, that was so beautiful. And I imagine there was many mountains and valleys, right. And many moments. And yeah, it's, it's wild to hear. I love hearing the origin stories, you know, like how did we get here? <laughs> totally. And I think maybe one of the last little moments was like this realization that I was maybe beginning to value the, the, the material a little too much. I think that was probably in 2016. I was experiencing a lot of success in business and was making tons of money and kind of on this trajectory of this gravy train financially and um, and all of the above, right? Everything that you think you always want when you're, you know, kind of in business and an entrepreneur and, and you're doing all these different things. And I just was realizing that I wasn't fulfilled. And so I think the big shift was in 2016 when I ultimately said, I'm going to go into the personal development space. I'm going to jump headlong into a space that I haven't been in. And I'm just going to strictly coach people. I'm strictly going to provide leadership to people. I'm going to be a facilitator for transformation. And, uh, and so that was kind of the final kind of jump, um, at least in the last few years, that was really profound for me. That has filled me with so much meaning. It has been a wild ride. And, uh, and there was plenty of risk involved in it. Um, but it was, it's been a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for taking that dive. I mean, we're, we're hearing so many more and I think there's more awareness about, you know, when we get to this place, this elusive place in business where there's all the money coming in and the success and the things that we thought were going to make us happy. And then people are arriving there and people are realizing even before they arrive there that maybe that's not where their true fulfillment lies. And so it is so cool to hear more and more conversations happening where people are talking about, and I love how you coined this is like better than rich. You know, people are really exploring that that idea and like, what is life really about? And if it's not about all the money and the cars and all these things, what are we really pursuing? You know, when you first started to see the impact of the coaching and the work that you've been doing with leaders and sales leaders and professionals, what do you see changes when we start shifting our focus from just money? Mm. Well, 
I think once you adopt a perspective that's that's maybe more aligned to um, what it is that truly matters, what what I see happening is people start to to enjoy their lives more. They start to experience fulfillment and connection, and they start to experience meaning, and then they start to you know take care of themselves a little bit more. They start loving themselves more, and they start rewarding themselves, and they start finding balance, and they're not so anxious and they're not so afraid and they're not so uh, competitive. Uh, not that competition is, is completely terrible, but th- their whole identity isn't tied up in, in the rat race and trying to, to keep up with um, the competition and the Joneses or whatever that looks like. They have some sort of intrinsic um, peace ultimately and, and joy and, and meaning that is beyond anything external. And when you reach that, um, nothing feels better, and that doesn't mean that uh, I'm ever a finished product. I don't claim to be some sort of a uh, you know guru on top of a mountain who has all the answers. I'm on this journey just like everyone else, and also there does seem to be some critical thresholds that once crossed, uh, frankly, feel pretty great. <laughs> so you know, my wish is for everybody to wake up to that, and I just feel like that's the number one thing we can do if we're going to not only change our worlds, but change the world at large is to help people wake up to um, the beauty, peace, joy, love, contentment, fulfillment that's already available to them right where they are today, right now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just that right there. I mean, I don't think that more money and more things are really changing the world, right? We're kind of seeing the result and the impact of those things. You know, really, when people are dropping in, and they're feeling good about themselves, and they're making an impact in the world, that is a true expression of them. I mean, that's that is the true goal here, I think. And a lot of women who listen to the show, they have these these inklings, these nudges, these even businesses they've already brought forth, and they're really about making this impact. And I know that when I've surveyed some of these women, a lot of the common things are, hey, I'm super tired. Hey, I'm I'm trying to make this happen. And I'm kind of hustling and I'm grinding and I'm doing the thing. And how can I find more meaning in my day to day life? You know, what, where do you think it is like, because man, woman doesn't really matter. We do this series to highlight men doing this work too. But really, there's so many similarities between us, right? We're all on this journey. And what do you think is maybe a starting point and something maybe that somebody could ask themselves as they're recognizing listening to you right now, like, hey, actually, I think I have been focused on the money. I think I have been focused on the success. What's next from here? Awesome. I mean, the first thing I would would say is try to aim higher than the success. And and so, um, you know, what helps me overcome being tired and what helps me overcome kind of that grind and and. Um, some of that more mundane work, which by the way, no matter what industry you're in, whatever job you have, whatever role you have, there's going to be some days where you're tired. There's going to be some days where it feels like a grind. But what helps me overcome that is having a purpose. And so, you know, ultimately what we teach at Better Than Rich is to have something beyond um, material wealth and, and success or prestige or status or whatever that looks like, uh, something transcendent, if you will, almost like a guiding principle for your life. Uh, and you know, mine's really simple. I, I share it all the time. It's just to, to make a positive global impact. And that may seem, you know, high, high in the sky or maybe not easy to connect to, but everything I'm doing, I've now connected to having a positive global impact. And so that's what ultimately drives me. And there's more energy in some sort of transcendent, um, universal uh, purpose that is going to give you the energy you need on a daily basis, more so than making money or 
um, trying to get you know this next promotion or whatever that is that you're working towards. So if you want to remain consistently energized, you need to be inspired. If you don't know why you're doing something, then of course you're not going to be inspired because you're not connected to the good that it's creating in the world, you could say. So then the second question is, you know, how could you organize your life such that you'd be actually have some sort of consistency where you can consistently be revivified by your own schedule? Because we always know that if you are giving more than you're getting back, you're going to ultimately collapse. And I think, you know, um, I don't think men are great at this either, but maybe we're just like sometimes a little better at just like powering through and like sucking it up. And, you know, we kind of like have this whole like, well, man up about it and get over it. And, you know, we kind of bury these feelings down until, of course, we're like 40 and then we burn out and then we like have to go buy a motorcycle and drive across the country or whatever. Have <laughs> so that's that's kind of our pattern, you know, but I think, you know, women's pattern um, and obviously I'm speaking really generally here not speaking to any specifics. But I think the, the women realize more quickly that they can't keep that pace up. And so, you know, self-care, frankly, is, is really important. I don't know to what extent you guys talk about it, but having self-care built into your weekly schedule, having ways that you get filled up, um, because it, it's, it's funny, I actually just posted about this the other day on, on Instagram and Facebook. I was talking a little bit about how being selfish is the most selfless thing you can do. Um, assuming that you're orienting yourself towards making a, a perfect or sorry, making a difference in the world, then taking care of yourself is really just you making sure that you're able to show up tomorrow and the next day and next month and next year and 10 years from now and 50 years from now or whatever, um, so that you can make an even bigger impact. So those days where you take care of yourself, that's not selfish at all. Uh, in fact, if you're orienting yourself towards something really positive, then it's the most selfless thing you can do. So you got to have a schedule that works for you, that works uh, consistently, that's not going to eventually wear you down. Yeah. Oh, you know, we talk about self-care a lot on the show because it is such a huge piece, right? It, to me, it's like short game and long game. <laughs> you know, it's like, how can we show up sourced and nourished in the moment and have the capacity to take care of our daily activities, but also like more people we want to serve? We talk about capacity a lot because it's huge, especially I feel like when I first connected to a bigger purpose and I really started getting connected to that, I just went into overdrive. <laughs> I was like, okay, now I got to do that every day, all day. And I just burnt myself out and that wasn't really helpful for anybody and I recognized pretty pretty quickly I, I hope anyways um, that uh, I was actually not holding enough space like because I was actually running on total empty I didn't have the capacity to change more lives do more work create more things work on more projects and and that was just the energy I was putting out there so yeah self-care is huge 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 what would you say are like you know because I know self-care can seem a little bit you know checklisty and like the little things we see on Pinterest and hey, just self-care Sundays. But what would you say have been some of the most impactful in terms of your leadership and showing up for your purpose? How do you really nourish and, and take care of yourself? Well, one that may not be so obvious is to only enter into agreements that are win-wins. And I, I really, you know, had to learn this the hard way by taking on projects where, you know, the person I was serving was winning more than me. And it was a you win, I lose mentality because, well, hey, I want to make a difference in the world. So the best way to do that is to give more than I receive. And the realization that I've had through years of doing that was that there's, that's a degenerative system. 
right? Because it's not taking care of the person who's giving. And then obviously at some point it spirals into nothingness. So only make agreements and only enter into business relationships or relationships in general where there's at least a a win-win, where both of you are thrilled to be in the relationship. (laughs) And otherwise, why are you in the relationship at all, right? Um, It's not sustainable and ultimately it's going to break down. And that's a tough one for people to, to really realize. And once I realized it, um, it became something that now that's my standard. You know, if I'm in a conversation with somebody and it doesn't feel like it's a win-win for both of us, I'm just going to tell them like, hey, this just doesn't seem like a win-win. Um, at least right now, I, I'm really glad we met. And also like, you know, I'm proud of what you're up to, uh, but it just doesn't sound like it's for me. And and they're like, thank you. You know, like, thanks for telling me the truth. And And yeah, I kind of agree. I was kind of thinking that too. And you kind of speak to what they're already hearing anyway. So um, making sure your relationships and, and just agreements in general are all win-win is the number one way that I've seen. And then, of course, you know, for, for, for your energetic rituals and habits, you need to, to do you, so to speak. You need to know your own personality. You need to know your own style. You need to know what you enjoy, what fills you up. Um, one of the things that I try to do is I try to have a schedule that matches my personality. I'm a little bit more 50-50 when it comes to introvert, extrovert. Um, and so I try to spend about half my time uh, forward-facing and, and having conversations like this and having coaching calls and, and kind of being public-facing. And I try to spend about half my time um, by myself, frankly, and, and learning and reading and thinking and you know being creative and, and doing things that are more um, introverted-focused. Uh, so make sure that your schedule is aligned with your own personality, your own needs. Uh, and then it becomes, you know, what are those specific things that fill you up? And I'd say you need four categories. You need the physical um, energy. So what fills you up physically? What fills you up emotionally? What fills you up mentally? And then what fills you up spiritually? And if you can come up with, you know, habits and rituals and standards for each of those four, then you're probably going to have a pretty good um, head on your shoulders and you'll be able to consistently show up for your people, show up for the world, show up for your family, whatever that may be. Um, so that's what I would say. Yeah, it's so important. Yeah, thanks for that outlook, too. I really appreciated that. I think, you know, that agreement part was really interesting to me. I mean, that equal energy exchange. And it's so interesting how many times we can just go into things like that and not really recognize it until later. And I really believe that so much of our energy is being robbed, you know, and given away by just things that we're trying to avoid not feeling and not saying and things that were kind of like just a little bit uh, messy, if you will, in our lives. And uh, I know that firsthand. And definitely then that like trying to supplement with like more caffeine and all these kinds of things when really like organizing our lives. I mean, reminding everybody here too, like we're playing this for the long game. If you have this purpose and this dream and this vision for your life, it's like, yeah, like you said, you know, 20, 30, 40, 50 years, it's like we want to maintain that and be able to still make that impact and live a fulfilling life. So Um, Yeah, thanks for pointing to that. I really enjoy that. Okay, Andrew. So let's change directions a little bit and talk a little bit. Well, it's always the same direction because all of this is about the embodiment work and really dropping into who we are as leaders. And I know that your area of specialty, you know, really, I know your mojo, right? Like you've been saying purpose, fulfillment, meaning transformation and the art and science of that. Let's let's talk about what that means. Like, what do you really love to work with people on? Yeah. And, you know, kind of to break that down, like you said, purpose, meaning finding your your one thing that life is really about for you, your guiding principle um, is, is my main thing that I found the table for. Uh, but then I also uh, help people realize, well, what does that really mean? And ultimately, what do you do after that? You know, if, if I've realized that my life purpose is about making a positive global impact, 
Well, then the real question, the next logical question becomes, well, who do I need to become? How must I orient myself? How much, you know, who do I need to transform myself into in order for that to actually become a reality? Because you can have all sorts of concepts and ideas about how you want to change the world. But, you know, I know a lot of people who with bleeding hearts who want to change the world, who sit around in coffee shops, you know, discussing the merits of this or that, but ultimately can't produce any sort of positive change because they don't have the skills. They don't have the, the inspiration. They don't have um, the connections, whatever it is that they they're lacking in, they don't have it. And so, you know, quite frankly, they don't produce as much positive change as, as they could. And so it really becomes a question of saying, well, if you're really going to take this mission seriously, then what's next? Um, and you know, I was talking with somebody yesterday on a sales call who said that they wanted to revamp the entire U.S. education system. And I said, oh, that's awesome. That's extremely admirable. I know a number of people with similar thoughts that, you know, we need to improve our education system. I think I agree with you. And, you know, I'm, I'm on board for supporting you any way I can. Hey, let me ask you, what sort of skills do you think you'd need to actually make that a reality? Who would you need to become to actually revamp the, the U.S. education system at large? You know, because quite frankly, looking at, you know, where you're at right now in your life, why would I give you the keys to the education system? Like, no offense, right? Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't think I would trust myself with with the keys to the education <laughs> system either. So, you know, it's not like it's any sort of harsh criticism. It's just the reality that, well, you know, you kind of got to mold yourself into somebody who's actually capable of making that change, and um, and so that's really what it becomes about. And, and that's a really confronting thing because then you're facing all of your inadequacies, all of your insecurities, all the things that you know your skill sets lack. Um, right in front of you, and you have to kind of take stock of those and do an honest audit of your strengths and weaknesses and resolve to become better. You know, uh, ultimately, I think that that is part of the masculine intelligence, and it is to call people to be better today than they were yesterday. And I, obviously, I think uh, the feminine intelligence does that as well in its own way. Um, but men kind of have that sort of like step up, you know. Uh, and, and I think that that's a, a really important intelligence if you're going to really produce something that's uh, going to change the world. Yeah, it, se- it seems like the, you know, the conversation of like doing versus being, you know, like, are we truly mm-hmm. becoming that person? And and I love that you spoke to the confronting piece, because it is kind of confronting to say, hey, you know, am I am I showing up as that person today? What do I need to shift in my life and in my way of seeing the world and myself and all these things? And, you know, I think like, if you were to reflect that back to people who are on that journey, you know, and they're like, oh, you know, kind of being hard on themselves, but how do I become that person? Like, do you believe that transformation is fully available to everybody? What does that look like? Absolutely. I believe the transformation is fully available to anybody who sincerely wants to transform. Um, Some people aren't so interested in transformation. And sometimes, you you know, you and your listeners and and myself in this space, I'm sure we we run across people all the time who, um, if they just got their heads out of their asses, (laughs) to put it bluntly, could probably do some really amazing work. But they're not so interested in doing that. And and so... um, you know, that type of person, you just have to lead by example and, and run your own course and run your own race and transform yourself. And then hopefully one day they wake up and they say, how'd you do that? And, and then they'll listen. So as long as somebody wants to transform, I believe that it's available to anyone and everyone. And what it does take is, you know, being really honest with yourself. And I think self-awareness is one of the most important things. And obviously, if you're cultivating your self-awareness through some sort of meditation practice or yoga or just spending time in nature, 
or journaling or whatever you do to to kind of reflect on your experience and reflect on yourself. I think that's a really important thing to cultivate self-awareness because if you want to transform honestly, um, you need to be honest with yourself and you need to be honest about where your faults are, where your flaws are, and ultimately what you need to let go of in order to fix something else up. And a lot of times in transformation, what's kind of strange is you kind of have to let go of your old identity to pick something new up. It's like there's no room for this new identity to come in if you're so rigid in your old one. If you're so married to the fact that I'm just a disorganized person, that's just who I am, Andrew. Well, as long as that's what you believe, if you're not willing to let go of that concept, there's no way we can actually upgrade it. And you know, there's kind of this old story in India uh, about how to catch a monkey. And how they do it is they take the coconut and they hollow it out. They put a little piece of banana in there and they tie a string around the coconut. And then the monkey kind of comes along. And by the way, this is like monkeys who are like terrorizing the village. This isn't like just every monkey out there in the, in, in, in the wilderness. It's like kind of monkeys who are eating the garbage and like breaking into people's homes and stuff. Uh, so how to catch that monkey is you put the banana in the coconut and then you tie a string around the coconut. The monkey comes and grabs the banana and then, you know, the monkey catcher starts to pull on the string. And then the monkey realizes that his hand is caught in the coconut. Um, and he starts to freak out, tries to pull the coconut off. Um, but little does the monkey realize that if he just let go of the banana, he'd be free. <laughs> and this concept is really like, if you were to let go of what's no longer serving you, what if you were to let go of the habits and the rituals and the beliefs and all the different things about your current way of being and your current identity that are no longer needed. Hey, they, maybe they served you up until this point. Maybe they got you here, but what got you here isn't going to get you there. And maybe they've actually protected you in some way, kept you safe and kept you secure. But you know what? They're no longer viable and tenable if where you want to go is way higher than where you are. And so you might just have to let go of that banana. You might just have to let go of these parts of you that are holding you back before we can seriously consider, you know, upgrading the system, so to speak. And, you know, then, of course, the question becomes, well, what are those things you need to let go? Um, yeah, I'm curious what you think, Stacey Ray. Yeah. Well, it's interesting that we're having this conversation at this time, because I just recently in the past few months underwent like a massive, I let go of pretty much everything. I literally just stopped doing all of these crazy things I was doing with my work, like filling my schedule to the brim every single week. I actually slowed right down um, from a lot of just generating new projects and all this kind of stuff. And something really interesting happened for me where I really got to see some of the patterns. Like I had a different perspective because I was willing to kind of interrupt the way things were, this routine that had been kind of going and going and going for a long time. And I did it actually a podcast podcast interview on this um, or uh, an episode on this actually and I shared about how I really I recognized that I was validating myself through my work I had all these kinds of behaviors going on and when I slowed down it was actually quite devastating but then on the other side of it was all of what was more really in alignment with me and since I took that space and actually had the courage because it did take a lot of courage to just stop some of these these different patterns and different ways of living my life um, my life is so much more congruent with what I'm here to do and so it does, you know, it, that kind of like interruption can feel really confronting. And there's there's that honesty, like you spoke about. This has been one of the most honest seasons of my life. And it's been it's so rewarding. 
you know? So I think it's that initial moment of, of really looking at ourselves, like you're saying, and, and asking those big questions, like, what, what is it for me? If I really care about this vision and this, this life and this fulfillment that I'm here for, you know, what is it going to take? And what right. am I, what am I willing to put on the table and, and take a closer look at, look at? Cause I was really attached to my busyness. Let me tell you, <laughs> I was really attached. I thought that meant everything, you know, my success. I thought it was how I was a leader, you know, all this kind of stuff. And when I really started letting it go, I realized that that wasn't it at all. And it was actually in the way for me. So, right. Right. Yeah. And really what's happening there. And by the way, I love that, that example and that story. And, uh, obviously I want to hear more about that for sure. Um, you know, what that really is, is it's like a part of us is kind of having to die so that yeah. a new part of us can be reborn, uh, a part that hasn't yet come online. And well, that's a that's a quite a, uh, a harrowing process and a challenging process. And in a way, you kind of have to grieve this part of you that you're letting go that that has served you that kept got you this far, but isn't going to get you there um, to this next level. And so that's what transformation is all about, right? Like the Phoenix that transforms itself, it, it has to ultimately die and then, you know, burst into flames until it can be reborn. And, you know, every snake has to constantly be shedding its skin so that it can build a new one. And we, we constantly are being reborn. Even your cells are constantly dying and reborn and dying and re are reborn and all these different things. I mean, there's not a cell in your body that, I mean, I'm not a scientist. I, I, I don't know this for sure, but at least from the literature I've read, there's not a cell in your body that was, you know, with you when you were born. So it's like, what is, what does that process look like um, for you uh, for, as a psyche, as a, as an identity, as a soul, as a spirit. Um, and it looks like death and rebirth, but it's, it's kind of like this conscious voluntary uh, rebirth. And that's a hell of a lot better than being forced to hit rock bottom to burn out Stacey Ray, right? In your example, to completely burn out, crash and burn. You go off the grid for three months. Everyone's like, where's Stacey Ray? And you're like, I think she's <laughs> going through something. I don't know. But it's like, you were able to avoid that, that sort of like catastrophic, um, you know, experience because you did it voluntarily. And so that's what transformation ultimately is about. Uh, and, and so, you know, just to speak a little bit more on that, you know, one way to, to voluntarily kind of embrace that pain, that temporary pain, we'll say, um, is to, to look at both sides of the consequences of continuing the pattern uh, and then obviously breaking the pattern. So it's like, if I continue this pattern, what are the consequences? Play that out. What's going to happen in the next few months? What's going to happen in the next year? What's going to happen three to five years from now if I'm not, you know, if I'm still going at this pace? And you can list out all those consequences. Who's going to be affected by that? How specifically are they going to be affected? You know, how am I going to be affected? What am I going to miss out on? And list out all the pains associated with that. And ultimately, am I going to be able to fulfill my, my highest purpose if I don't let go of this pattern? And oftentimes, you know, if you've really nailed down a, a problem in your life that's big enough, the answer is no. And so then, of course, the question is, well, how that, how's that going to feel? It's going to feel probably pretty empty unrewarding, unfulfilled, um, draining, all of the above, right? So you need to list out those negative consequences. And then, you know, the flip side of that coin is, is a little bit more fun to list out, but it's like, what are the positive consequences if I do overcome this pattern? What's possible for me? What's possible in the next few months, in the next year, three to five years from now, two decades from now, four decades from now, when I'm sitting on my rocking chair and the kids are, grandkids are running around the, uh, 
the yard and I'm watching them and I'm drinking my sweet tea, uh, thinking about the last, you know, 50, 40, 60 years. Um, how am I going to feel then having, having lived my life the last 60 years and, and being dedicated to solving this problem? How's that going to feel? And like feeling the immense power of that. So it's like feel the gravity and the weight of not solving the problem, feel the power, invigoration and inspiration of solving the problem, and then face the decision. The decision is you're standing at the crossroads. One path is leading you towards the negative side of that. You know, we could say like hell, some version of hell. The other path is leading you to some version of heaven and um, you get to choose. And it's scary ultimately uh, to choose the, the more exciting path because it does mean that a part of you has to be let go to do so. And it might be very difficult to actually overcome this pattern that's uh, maybe long uh, a longstanding pattern in your life. But is it worth it? I think we've made the case that it is. Uh, and so picking up your sword, heading out into battle and being willing to go on the journey, uh, the hero or the heroine's journey of, of slaying that dragon, which is the hero's path, um, is ultimately what I like to encourage people to do. Yeah. Oh, yes. It is like the it is the journey, right? It is the journey. We were we were not put here to just sit in front of laptops, you know, and and struggle and, you know, per persevere through the struggle. There's there's a journey in that and that deep honesty. And I love that you brought up the hero's journey. We Yeah, it's totally something that I that I feel too in my own life. And, you know, I think the resistance to the interruption of that pattern and that honesty was what kept me in it for so long. And, and to actually just have that reflection, and I think that's why coaching is so important and having people in, that are honest in your life that will say, hey, I can see this. And like, is this working for you? And willing to kind of look at those consequences, I think is huge, right? Not from a place of punishment, but from like, hey, how's this going to look in 10 years? <laughs> you know? Um, yeah, just a really firm believer in that, uh, that deep honesty with ourselves. So thanks for speaking to that. Mm, for yeah. sure. My pleasure. You know, we talked a little bit about, um, you know, this, the concept of the one thing. And I know that you had mentioned this was something that you that you really enjoyed too in the book. And um, what is like, when you think about this, this concept, because I know we we talk about a lot of books on here, and I, I've gotten messages from women, they're like, I can't keep up with all the amazing books. But I feel like this book is super important. We chatted about this a little bit when we were off recording is the one thing. Why do you think that that can be so powerful for this kind of transformation? Well, I, I just believe that we kind of know what the one thing holding us back is, that we're, if we're willing to sacrifice it, then we're going to get what we need, or at least get, you know, extremely close to what we need or what we want in life. And so, you know, knowing what your one thing is that ultimately you're working on, uh, and also your one thing that you're moving towards, uh, can be a really way to simplify life. You know, life's complex enough. And oftentimes we're just kind of one of the reasons we're just getting by is because the the complexity of life is just too much to manage, frankly. And so the more you can do to simplify your life and to organize, uh, you know, your, um, of course, your life in general, but also organize your mind so that you know that there's there's a prior prioritization going on. I think that really matters. So finding that one thing is really important. I think if you have more than three things that you're focused on, you're not focused on anything at all um, is kind of my philosophy and um, finding that one thing. And then if you, if you can manage it, you know, two and three, that works uh, beyond that. And, and having any priorities beyond that is just, um, is really just saying I don't have priorities at all. Um, and the last thing I'll say is those do need to be ranked. 
um, there is an intelligence to knowing that my number one impact, if I want to make a positive global impact, my number one value in that is making a deep impact with people. So while I relish opportunities to come on podcasts like this and, and share my story with wider audiences, really where I feel like the most important work that I do lies is, is every single week with my clients, one-on-one, diving into what they're facing. And that's what I would call deep impact. So that's my number one value. And then beyond that, it's you know securing my personal balance and fun and finances and, and family, which is you know kind of that taking care of myself. That's kind of my self-care category and that ultimately allows me to continue to make a deep impact. And my third category is a wide-ranging impact. And that's you know kind of example of, of coming on a show like this or you know getting out there on social media or these sorts of things. But th- that is the third priority behind deep impact and obviously you know, taking care of my energy. So knowing what your one thing is and knowing what you know, your secondary and tertiary things are, that's about basically all your mind can handle, uh, cons- all things considered, particularly with the complexity of modern life. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, okay, ladies, you heard it here first. If you are focusing on three things, you are not focused. So does that mean that the 17 tabs I have open are probably a no-no, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, mean I, I do that sometimes too. And, you know, I have the Mac where I like have like a bunch of different screens open and I'm like, oh my gosh, I like, I, I need to just like clear all this out, you know, make sure I have one program open, one tab, yeah. we'll bookmark these and save them for later. You know, I can definitely relate to not being able to keep up with those books. So I just have a list of books that I know I need to read at some point. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just like, put it somewhere where you don't have to think about it and and then you it's not going to overwhelm you. <laughs> yeah, that that's simplifying that was huge. Thanks for speaking to that cuz that the complexity of life is is massive, especially with social media and if we're building online brands and we're doing all these things, there's a lot of things to think about and that one thing what we, and can be such a gift to our overwhelm cycle and our our mental health and all these things just to simplify. So I really I I really feel the importance of that. So thanks for speaking to that mm-hmm. as well. When when people are on this journey, where do you think it's time for them to hire somebody like you? And and where do you like to meet people on that journey? Uh, I definitely think that, you know, where I lie in the marketplace, and I don't know the demographics completely of your audience, it definitely feels like your audience is a fairly um, more well-read, more uh, further along the personal growth journey than, than most. Uh, I, I definitely recommend that people who have kind of read all the books and and listened to all the stuff and kind of gotten into the basics. Maybe they've been into personal development for a handful of years, three years, five years, 10 years, and they've kind of read all the necessary things and and heard all the the basics. Um, that's the time to get a coach, right? Whether that's, you know, someone like Stacey Ray, I don't know if you still coach Stacey Ray, but you know, whether it's someone like you, yourself or myself or, or someone else in the marketplace, the that's the time to look into someone to provide leadership specifically to you. Because while you can read all the books, the books can't read you. And so the reality is you need someone to point out your blind spots. And we all have them. And, you know, your blind spots are tattooed on your forehead. So everyone else can see them pretty clearly. But the, the, the truth is you can't see them at all. And having someone say, hey, Andrew, I really appreciate what you had to say. And also, you know, are you open to a new perspective? Um, is is one of the greatest gifts I can give myself uh, to have someone point out where I might be acting really dumb. I might be acting really <laughs> stupid or be blinded by something that is some sort of bias or some sort of um, just ignorance or, 
you know, something that is a, a product of my worldview or my upbringing or something that's just not true. And so I want to be confronted by my blind spots continuously. Now, most people, when they're confronted with their blind spots, are pretty defensive. But if you're able to adopt a mindset where, oh, my gosh, my blind spots being revealed, this is exciting. I can grow from this. Uh, if you're willing to do that, then a coach, a coach uh, is, is a really good thing to have. So, yeah. Oh, absolutely. And, and, uh, you know, I think for the ladies who are listening to this and, you know, we have some men that often join in with their partners or whatever and listen to the show, especially in this series. Uh, do you, you work with men and women from what I understand? Is that right? I do. Yeah. yeah I work with awesome. men and women. And you post some really cool stuff on social media. I've started watching some of your stuff you've been putting out. So I would really encourage the listeners to go get connected with Andrew. We'll put all his contact information below. And what, uh, what's your favorite way for people to reach out to you? Yeah, right now, just follow me on, on Instagram, follow me on Facebook, at uh, Andrew M. Biggs on Instagram. Uh, that's where I generally am, am most active. I'm also on Facebook. You can check out Andrew Biggs Coaching, uh, the business page there, and I share a lot of stuff there. Uh, and then I have a website called betterthanrich.com. And uh, we're definitely in the beginning phases, so to speak, of this this journey. But my vision is to have much more of a community aspect to it, uh, kind of like your your community. Uh, but betterthanrich.com, you can check it out. You can uh, sign up for the newsletter and all that good stuff. And if you're actually really interested in coaching, uh, I generally work with sales professionals or business owners, entrepreneurs, uh, people looking to take their next step. And if you're really interested in that, you can also email me at andrew at betterthanrich.com. And uh, we can at least set up a conversation. And uh, the, my, my, com- my promise to everyone I have a conversation with is that um, you know, you'll get a lot of value from the conversation. And Ultimately, I'm only going to work with somebody if it's a win-win. So yeah, yeah, that's pretty much it. So cool. I got to spend three days with you at an event. uh, I guess it was like last fall now. And uh, I was so impressed with how you worked with people. And I just really encourage people to to reach out to you. So thanks for coming on the show. What would you say if we were to tie this all up in a bow and the listeners in this episode are like eating this up and they're like, this is me. Oh my goodness, you were talking to me. What do you want to leave them with as a final tip if you could just offer them one insight that they would leave this combo with? I would say chase your highest dreams, you know, go after something that is going to be able to have you overcome even on your hardest days, even on your toughest days that will ennoble you with resolve no matter what, because it's just worth it. If you find that thing that's just worth it, that you're willing to overcome any sort of obstacle, then you've figured it out. So I'll leave you with that. Oh, mic drop. Thank you so much, Andrew, for coming on the show. I have resisted calling you Biggs because I've heard so many people call you Biggs. <laughs> and I've resisted calling you that the entire episode. So until now. Wow. Good, good work. That's a that's a rarity. Yeah. yeah. So my, my, my wife, obviously, her last name is Biggs, too. She calls me Biggs, just so you know. Uh, so Amazing. Pretty funny. Um, it, it's just one of those last names that no matter what, uh, it's just it's just I think it's it's probably cooler than Andrew. Right. So uh, I get it a lot, you know, an easy nickname for so people call me. So I definitely don't mind, but good work. <laughs> yeah, it is a really epic name. So I'll definitely use that in the future. Well, uh, no worries. Yeah, no yeah, it suits you. You are super cool. Thanks again for coming on the show. And ladies, reach out, share your insights, be witnessed in what you got from this episode. It's so much more than just listening. We want to hear from you. We want to hear what you're receiving, what you're going out there and creating in your lives as well. So make sure that you connect and be a part of the community. And thanks so much for listening in. Oh,